0: The Kaiju Transmissions Podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Kyle Bird. With me is. Matt Parmley. Yes. How are you, Matt?
1: (laughs) I am good, Bird. How are you doing?
0: Uh, Good, good. You're good enough?
1: Good enough. I'm good
0: enough. That's all we can hope for. And with us today. We do have a special guest uh, this episode, and that is Mr. Ed Holland, who I think most people probably know as being kind of the brains behind in monster attack team, which I myself am a big fan of. And uh, also he has a lot to do with uh, various appearances um, with some of the Japanese guests that come stateside to different conventions um, and that is uh, Mr. Ed Holland. Ed, thank you so much for being with us today. It's a, it's a real pleasure and an honor to have you uh, with us here.
2: Thank you for having me on board, guys. I appreciate it very much.
0: Um, now, Ed, uh, I mentioned that you often um, play a part in uh, some of the appearances of the Japanese guests, and I know that we we had kind of talked a little bit off air Um And This this wasn't a planned thing because we had uh, planned to do this podcast a couple weeks ago with you, but um, something that uh, we're all kind of dealing with right now is the loss of uh, Haru Nakajima earlier this week. Um, We put out our own tribute podcast, and I know that Nakajima was someone that you'd worked with a lot over the years, um, and uh, I know that you you really wanted to kind of give insight into... Uh, who he is and what he was like to work with. And I know, uh, I mean, we're all ears uh, when it comes to Nakajima stuff. Um, And, uh, yeah, I really want you to... Because I I speak for, I think, everyone in this fandom that we're all still, you know, pretty rattled by it. Um, And I know I myself found doing the episode right after he passed away to be kind of a cathartic experience. So, you know, we want to give you a forum to kind of share with us... um, you know, what he was like and, you know, what he was like to work with? Because I know you'd worked with him a lot over the years. So, um, I mean, what exactly, um, uh, how would you describe him as someone who did have the chance to work with him over the years and all doing all these appearances and conventions and things? What What is that experience like being the guy that, you know, sees him every day, instead of, you know, I mean, guys like me and Matt, we just come through the autograph line, but you actually got to work with him a lot, so what's that like?
2: It was really nice, and, you know, I'd like to just start off by saying, you know, like everybody else, uh, you know, my heart goes out to his daughter, uh, Sonoe Nakajima, and the fans out there who, who feel like, like you know, I do, and, and other people and uh, that work on our magazine and work with Monster Tag Team. We weren't expecting it, and we and myself had planned to meet him uh, next year in Japan. And of course, that isn't happening. So, you know, we have to collectively, I guess, pick up the pieces and and move on and assist and do what we can to help out uh, his daughter in this time of need. And there's been some, you know, uh, recent uh, Facebook uh, programs and stuff to get people together to submit. Art and photos and, and money for the family. So, you know, that happened as well earlier in the year when his uh, wife passed away. So there was an opportunity to, to donate money and uh, to do stuff for the family uh, in that regard. You know, when, when you lose a parent, it's always, you know, something difficult. And you lose two parents, it's devastating. And for somebody of his stature and his, you know, larger-than-life Iconic character, you know, it's just it's just really really difficult, and so I want to say to everybody, including you guys, thank you for doing this. And um, you know, I met him twenty one plus years ago on his first appearance in, in America. Uh, was that
0: the '96 when... convention?
2: That's correct. Okay,
0: I was there. I was eleven, but I was there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you weren't drinking with us at the bar. Afterwards?
0: No. <laughs> okay. But uh I said this on uh, our tribute episode. That even like. My mom, she didn't know what she was, like, getting me into. She just knew I was... God I, bless your mom for taking you there, man. I know. So like, she didn't know what to expect. You know, her 11-year-old's like, hey, take me to this gathering of fans of these weird Japanese movies. And is uh, <laughs> someone who, like, isn't, you know, in tune with the fandom, she thought Nakajima and Satsuma were... She thought they were a hoot. She just thought they were incredible. And she was yeah. just, like, I can't believe the energy of these guys. And, you know, I mean, that that's something that... I even felt because I, I met him a second time at G Fest in two thousand eight, and you yeah. know, obviously, his he had had some health issues over the last year or two. But he, even even as recent as oh eight, I was like, wow, he's still got that like pep to him.
2: Yeah, you know, and you mentioned he had some health issues. You know, he had health issues just recently, but still, despite that, you know, he kicked it into high gear and came and and met with fans.
0: Yeah, and, and uh, that's man,
2: who that's who he is and who and who he was. Yeah. And, you know, for what it's worth, people probably say, oh, man, he's too old. He should, you know, he should be taking a break. Why is he signing so many autographs or whatever? That was all him.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, you know, yeah. uh, that's his spirit. That's his drive. He did that, you know, um, not only to, you know, be with the fans, because he saw how it made people react, you know. Um, I remember it was <clears throat> I fortunately had the experience to see him three times last year in Japan and America and work, you know, with him as well. And mm-hmm. so – you know, over the last, gosh, it's hard to say, over the last six and a half, seven years, we actually became even closer. And, you know, um, you know, a lot of people say, oh, he's my friend or whatever. And that's fine. That's good. He's a very friendly person. But, like, when you, when you get in tune with somebody and you find a little more about who they are and, and how they feel about what they've done, then, you know, it's just really fortunate. And, you know, we'd like to share some of that, you know, today and Of course, some of those stories are private and everything, but Mm -hmm. he's the kind of person that, you know, would, I believe, personally let somebody see that side once in a while, depending on who it was, and then, you know, make the memory even more special for that fan, particularly somebody like yourself who met him when you were 11, and, you know, that was a long time ago. So, you know, it's kind of locked into your psyche who you are Mm -hmm. because of who he is or was
0: yeah when when i met him again in '08, i actually had him sign the picture that he took with me <laughs> when i was 11 and he just thought that was he just thought that was so fun you know he, he he really got a kick out of that
2: yeah and you and you felt it was genuine you know i mean who who all has met people that are stars or worked in the industry i've worked in television and film that you feel like, man, that guy's a phony. You know, um, that guy's just—he's the real—he's the real deal. He will always be the real oh, deal. Oh yeah,
0: I've—I've I've been to conventions, uh, like different horror conventions and stuff, where. I've said the, I've said the name before on the podcast, but I'm not going to go there. But there, there's cer- <laughs> there's certain people that you see at every convention that rolls through town, and they just never lo- like they couldn't feel more like uninterested. They're just right. like you know I've seen that, and I've seen that a lot. And uh, yeah, I mean to see someone of his age, like Matt was je- Matt, I I believe it must have been his final convention appearance. Matt was there, and you know he he was you know clearly. Sick and and more frail, but Matt was. I mean, I've I saw pictures. I saw his pictures with Matt, and he looks happy as ever to be to be talking with the fans and everything.
2: That is so sweet. I'm glad that you guys you know have those memories, and you know, for the people who are you know not of age yet or growing up into this fandom, you know, there's going to be a lot of time to share and reflect and you know remember the good times. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, there's so many good times that people can share with each other and, and talk about it, whether it's on a podcast or in a, a magazine article or television interview, whatever it may be. And I'm sure you've seen, and we've been receiving some things from different people uh, about the outpouring, you know, around the world right now. So, um, you know, here's a suit actor that probably didn't get the, you know, the amount of credit that he really deserves uh, in his home country over the years. Mm-hmm. And then started getting a fan, uh, you know, buzz going on with him everywhere else around the world. And so now, you know, in the last couple of days, there's been newspaper articles. There's been, you know...
0: Yeah, I've seen it on ABC, stuff. NBC, BBC. Everything. Yeah, it's been everywhere. I was honest. I was surprised. Deserve, yeah, so, yeah, no, for absolutely. Um, and, yeah, I mean, for me, like... I'm in my early 30s, and the last few years have just been, like, so many of these people I've grown up loving and have impacted my life, you know, they're starting to go, like, uh, for me, I'm a big horror guy, so just a few weeks before Nakajima, it was George Romero, and it was, like, those two back-to-back were just, like, ugh, like, it was, like, a punch in the gut.
2: I'm sorry to hear that. I mean, you know, there's, you know, we could go on and on in the last couple years about, you know, all the popular culture icons that are leaving you know and i this is one thing that i can say and I, and I hope i'm not overstating my feeling here but i think nakajima was comfortable leaving after you know his wife mm-hmm. passed away and he was ready to you know to leave and go on to better things yeah to the the kaiju graveyard so to speak <laughs> yeah you know, whatever, whatever I, you want to call it i
0: feel like that happens a lot like it was the same like with my grandparents like they lived through their 90s and it was once my grandma passed. It was less than a year. My, it was like I feel like it's always like, especially the people that have been together so long. Like I feel like right. it's once one soul leaves, then the other one isn't too far behind. And and
2: you know we're talking about a man here who had his you know a childhood sweetheart and you know mm-hmm. went on in his life and you know raised a child and you know his his child his daughter put you know her life on hold to make this more of an opportunity for fans around the world you know so you know it's a family operation it's uh it's like a, a legacy it's a heritage and um you know I've had discussions personal discussions with um, Shinji Higuchi about Nakajima you know and we even have you know good reminiscences and you know talks and feel good just just to talk about him like you know like you start talking about him with some people from Japan who are in the industry and you see how the air or the, the flavor of the conversation changes on a whimsical note just to mention his name. And, you know, I'm very thankful and sad as well about his passing. But I would think he would want us to celebrate, you know, um, his uh, good times, mm. things that he said and done that made people, you know, happy.
0: One of my... There's
2: uh, there's a body of work there, for sure. Oh, yeah.
0: Like, a very dense body of work. Um, One of my favorite things that I saw him do as far as, you know, coming out and meeting fans, and I'm, like, 99% sure you were involved. It's been a while since I saw the video, but was when (laughs) he came out to the naval base for the screening of... That that
2: was was, was me, and... um our group and yeah it I was, was
0: for a screening of the 2014 Godzilla movie and if right. I recall correctly no one on there knew that he was showing up or anything <laughs> and I I just remember watching like the videos of you know the fans talking to him and seeing people like saying oh my god I did not think when I woke up this morning this would is what I would be doing like I used to watch your movies <laughs> all the time and you know, that, like, that just, there was a very, there's a very genuine sense of joy just in, Sci-Fi Japan did the recap video, just that whole, whole video, Mm -hmm. it, it, it was great, I, I, like, it's one of those things. There's two versions of that,
2: there's, uh, there's there's an edited version, and there's an extra, Sci-Fi Japan TV extra, and so when I contacted, you know, Bob Johnson and Keith Aiken of Sci-Fi Japan, those are, now, those are all contacts those are writers and you know friends of mine from mm-hmm. over the years i mean bob johnson and i were on the set of you know ultraman powered back in burbank back in the day and um so they were all about it right and um it was a lot of work let me put it this way it was a lot of work for one event uh it was co-sponsored by legendary pictures and uh i got the the base to be involved and so Imagine bringing somebody from out in town to a location that's owned by the United States who doesn't have, you know, an access card to get in there and and putting that all together. And it was a combined effort. So we also had some of our Monster Attack team members from Japan helping us, too. And uh, we made it happen. And it was an afternoon that he will never forget and I will never forget. And I think the people, the 550 people that were there will never forget because... We did it on Armed Forces Day, and not only did we, you know, commemorate everybody working in the military around the world on that day, but we honored Nakajima-san because Nakajima-san actually worked on that base as a as a teenager becoming an adult, and so he had wonderful stories. You don't, you know, you don't see the whole report, but mm-hmm. like, you know, we were taking him around, showing him where he had worked, and um, consequently, after the war. He moved out into a portion of town out there uh, where his brother owned a butcher shop. And that section of town, just outside of Yokosuka, is a place that I actually worked and I taught English conversation lessons to adults there. So, like, we had this connection that kept on budding, you know, and he's he's a Japanese sailor. I'm a United States sailor. And so we talked about that kind of stuff. And he was really, really, really... Still, up until he died, interested in, in aviation and, and things of that nature. Some some of the other events that he's been at, you know, if he's in places in parts of America, if there's a place that there's planes nearby or whatever, he wants to go see that. You know, if there's an aircraft carrier, you know, in, in port, he wants to be on the aircraft carrier. <laughs> you know, And so, you know, it's one thing to honor him for all of his movies and films and television, but it's another thing to honor him for his service to his nation. And he's really talkative, so you've seen him, mm-hmm. and you know he's always you know cutting jokes and stuff like that. But when we gave him that award, and, and we had 550 people stand up at, at attention in, in front of him, he was speechless. And I you know, and I beg to, you know, go back in time and think about it. But I almost think he shed a tear personally. And it was like we didn't bring him there to make him cry or anything, but like he really was, you know, really, really, you know, in awe of the people there honoring him but then he got you know funny at the end (laughs) at one point when you know to bring it back to how he is he said in in english out of the blue out of the blue uh you know he doesn't speak uh, he speaks only japanese out of the blue he goes and do you know and people like looked at him and he said aye aye sir and he saluted the 550 people in the audience And I was just like, "Oh my God, you're amazing, man! You're just, you're like, you know, you're so on it. You know, you're, you're just, you're such a joy to to hang out with and 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 work with and and bring, you know, such a talent to to people who didn't even expect to see him." To go on just a little bit, I started, you know, to to, to talk about it. But there was a guy. You know, there was no autograph thing. We weren't like selling autographs and that kind of stuff. So we gave basically we gave free autographs away to some people, and there was you know prizes and stuff like that too. Yeah. But uh, this uh, really nice black gentleman was there, and he was in waiting lines, like, can I get an autograph, please? And I said, sure. I mean, we're not doing autographs all to a lot of people, but go ahead. And so he got a figure arts figure autographed, right? He was just, like, almost crying, gushing about it. And so I, I later asked our assistants, I said, where's that gentleman here earlier that was um, getting an autograph? I wanted to, like, take him aside and give him some, you know some primetime with nakajima and he said he's on the phone i said really is he busy and he's like yeah he's on the phone he's calling his brother in afghanistan to tell him about the autograph he got for him on his (laughs) finger he's going to send it to afghanistan i'm like oh my gosh this is insane so you know not only was that happening at the same time but the armed forces network was doing a feature on it so it was covered in Newspaper and it was also covered on Armed Forces Network uh, television, which went you know worldwide. People serving throughout you know different countries in the conflicts and stuff. So I mean you know telling Nakajima-san about that you know like I heard later um, I heard later that there was an interview not too long after that, and I believe it was Fabian Moreau. I forgot how to pronounce his last name from Paris Mm -hmm. that came to interview Nakajima. Uh, son at his house and so the question in French and I don't know to speak French so excuse me I won't try it here they asked um, so you know you've been doing a lot of you know events around the country and you know Europe and places like that what, how do you feel about uh, the fandom for you and for Godzilla Nakajima-san got up from his couch walked over to a section where he has his little museum and his house there of stuff he picked his monster attack team award plaque off the wall, came back and put it on the coffee table. That was his response to the question. <laughs> and when I heard that I'm just like, Man, thank you so much. You know, it's like he um he's a real guy, you know, he's an amazing person and, and will always have good memories and good things to say about him and um the guy going on and on in stories, maybe write a book about, you know, just Alien Con alone, what went, went on there <laughs> last year? Uh, <laughs> I just really enjoyed talking about it.
0: Yeah, well, was Alien Con uh, was that a good experience? <laughs> oh, it was great! It was great. Yeah. I mean, I know that I know that was one where they had one of the dinners and stuff. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to ask the Kaiju
2: Brotherhood guys about that from yeah. Northern California. They could tell you more about it. But <laughs> I ended up uh, translating for all three generations of Godzilla oh, wow. uh, actors. And it, it got kind of difficult, so I need another person here, you know. Like, <laughs> it was like, you know, the one group had, you know, Kitagawa, uh, Tomo Kitagawa, another group had Kenpachiro Satsuma, and then, you know, another group was, like, trying to get their time in with Haru Nakajima. And uh, it was, like, it was really, really funny. You've probably seen some of the photos on Facebook and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. But, you know, those are some solid, solid memories yeah. that, you know, came about. And, you know, when those people, and some of them already probably have children or whatever, but when you get older and you get married and you have kids, those are the kind of things you share with your children. <laughs>
0: yeah. And some you don't. <laughs> yeah. Matt, you went to the one last year that had four, the four suit actors, right? Well, five, right? Because it had Ben there yeah. also. Yeah, Ben Faruja was there. I was
1: at Fandom Fest. That was a, obviously, once in a lifetime experience and, um... Actually, I do have a three-year-old son. He is a massive Godzilla and Ultraman fan. At there this you point. go, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you, you know
2: you probably say that. You know, it's like way to go, brother.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I would have loved to have taken him with me, but he was you know last year he was two, and this year for G Fest, um, he I was worried about his attention span. So I was like, well, <laughs> I probably should leave him at home and <laughs> not not bug some of the panels we were going to because we we had a, a panel we were presenting at, and I was kind of worried about. Uh, what would happen if I brought him along? But um, I'm really I'd glad like that, that, that I've been able to pass no. like my Godzilla, you know, my love of Godzilla to him, just to kind of you know, take off from what you were saying.
2: You know, you 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 want to make sure you do the right thing as a dad, you know, or a husband, or a boyfriend, or whatever with, with children. But at some point, you know, you got to rekindle the magic and start it, you <laughs> know, <laughs> your kids. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, my uh, my wife um, I, today honestly. My, my son came home; he was kind of having a weird day, and my wife had been out shopping um, with him for a bit, and she came home, and uh, he was he was just having an off day, and so we put on Ultraman, and that got him to calm down. So like, it's <laughs> <laughs> um, sometimes that's you know monsters, man. That's where it's at. He was we were watching the Ultraman Max today. You know, sometimes it's Gamera, sometimes it's Godzilla, sometimes it's Ultraman. He kind of goes through phases, but I've been able to to share that love of, uh, monsters that I have. And I got that from my dad. Actually, my dad showed me Godzilla when I was five. So,
2: Oh, cool. Yeah. We all have our, you know, our Godzilla experiences. And so, you know, if you've already heard this, I apologize, but some people ask me, why, why did you get into, you know, these movies and stuff like that? And, you know, there's a little different iterations, but I remember as, as, a child, um, you know, getting the choice in second grade, A teacher came and asked, okay, so we're going to do a school project, and we have two options, and everybody's like, oh, okay, what's going on? And, you know, I'm dating myself, but um, so they said, well, we're going to either go to the zoo and we're going to learn about animals or we're going to learn about ecology. Ecology, what are we going to do? What's the plan here? Well, we probably will go to a movie if we're going to do the ecology project, and I think it was me or one of my friends asked, so what movie? And the teacher, you know. Paused and said, well, we're talking about taking the whole class to see Godzilla versus a smog monster?" And everybody's hand went up, like you know, bonkers. And so the whole second grade class went to go see Godzilla versus the Smog Monster to learn about ecology. I was dumb.
0: That's amazing.
1: I, done. <laughs> I wish we could have had that trip. Like, take me to see any Godzilla movie in second grade. I would have signed up immediately.
2: Yeah. And, you know, of course, when the scene with the cat on the stairs and the nightclub and all that, a little bit disturbing. And, you know, there's some other scenes that are kind of, you know, outside of our scope of understanding. (laughs) It's kind of um, a
0: messed up movie, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for second graders, you're kind of like, well, but
1: then again, my son's seen it he's three, so what am I talking about?
2: There you go. But, I mean, uh, fast forwarding to 2017, you know, to be able to hang out with, you know, both those characters, the men in the suits and, you know, and to, you know, have interviewed nakajima multiple times and done things you know um outside of the conventions with him as well and you know I've helped do endorsements for you know comic book deals for him and uh, a variety of things and mm-hmm. um you know um, one thing that's that's really a, a treat and really haven't mentioned it too much and, and i mean this may be the first time we're talking about it here on your podcast but um matt and visited with nakajima last year early on in the year and did that in japan and invited him to come uh, meet us um at the godzilla hotel so his first and I, i imagine his only visit to the godzilla hotel was with us and some monster attack team members and to see him you know light up and be you know honored with that huge sculpture you know with lights and sound that you know, Koichi Kawakita, the special effects director was involved in from Dream Plan in Japan before he passed, was also very inspiring, you know, you know, prior to the release of Shin Godzilla coming out.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
2: you know, I, I had planned on giving him a copy of the movie next year, and I don't even know if he even got a chance to even see Shin Godzilla or not.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask, did he keep up with, you know, the movies that kept coming out, or was he just... I'm not sure if he did. I
2: know he knew about him, I and I'm sure people you yeah. know, give stuff here and there. Yeah, I'm, I, like I'm but sure he's
0: seen some of them, like 2014. I can tell you what he, he said though at, at, uh, at the
2: 2014 show. So I mean, I sat you know next to him for the entire screen of the movie, right? Yeah. And so a lot of people were curious what his impressions were of the of American Godzilla, right? And so directly after the credit, while the credits were rolling, I asked him, you know, "Excuse me, uh, Mr. Nakajima." What did you think about the movie? <laughs> and you know, a quick as a, you know, an arrow, he said, "Man, what a waste!" <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so then, you know, like maybe five minutes later, I asked him again. For we gave him a tour of the base, to, like to show him how the base had changed over the years from World War II and all that. And so I asked him again. I said, "Mr. Jankajima, what did you think of the movie?" And he knew I you know, was going to ask again. I think he said. Oh, man, it was really great, especially having Godzilla fight monsters together on the screen. So,
0: <laughs> you know, the <laughs> overall... Had, his What a Waste, was was, really was, was that uh, in reference to Godzilla's screen time? You know, he uh, later went on to talk about it,
2: that, you know, it's kind of um, a waste if Godzilla's just there, but when he's fighting monsters, it's a lot more fun. Mm. You know, he did him talking to us later about how you know, if Godzilla had died in the movie, then it would have been tough because, he, you know, he'd been in those experiences before. <laughs> <laughs> and so the fact that Godzilla was alive, then, you know, it makes it easier for the writers and directors, and the production crew and stuff to do another film in the future. So yeah. I'll be honest, I'll be one of the, you know, I'll be one of those guys wherever I see the, the upcoming movies, you know, when the screen credits roll or the introduction rolls and it says, Dedicated to Haru Nakajima. I'll be standing up like a fool, clapping my hands. <laughs> Loudly.
0: Yeah, well, speaking I, I... speaking of of that, um, I think it was today, was it today? Uh, well, regardless, it, it was this week, maybe it was today, but uh, the director of the new uh, legendary movie, Michael Doherty, did you see that he he, he tweeted a, a picture for Nakajima?
2: I, I think I heard about it,
0: I haven't it seen was, it yet. um I don't know exactly what it is, but... Um, like I don't a silhouette know silhouette or something I don't yeah, I don't know if it was a pumpkin or something it, it's definitely like <laughs> you know how when when people carve pumpkins and they put the light in them and it it has like the yeah. silhouette uh-huh yeah it it was that are you sure it, it was, are
2: you sure it wasn't Matongo walking down the hallway
0: or it, it was like the silhouette of the 54 Godzilla and inside it good. was nakajima and it it looks like it was something someone carved and it said you know 1929 nice. to 2017 and he he tweeted it and he said that uh it, they have it um uh on like set. It, yeah it's on it's on set while they're filming today oh, like in, in tribute to to nakajima i thought that was that was pretty cool it the outpouring of, of love from like I mean, whether you're him and you're working on a new Godzilla movie or you know you're you know just flipping through the news and you're just the average Joe and you see it, it really shows that you know he really was a part of pop culture, not only in Japan but here as well i yeah, I, I mean I t- totally agree you you don't often it's nothing against any other suit actors or anything like that, but you don't often see that coverage that spreads that wide when when anything happens like um like I was surprised to see it in so many mainstream outlets and like people that normally don't talk about Godzilla to me were texting me like oh my gosh I'm sure you saw this and and stuff like that and I I was surprised I mean I was surprised and both happy because I think that you know it's 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 important to acknowledge the role that he, oh, he yes. played in pop culture and I never would have thought so many outlets would cover it Well you know the
2: thing too is um The people you say in
0: awe, like, you
2: know, I've um, had the fortunate experience of being there when, like, uh, Nakajima was introduced to Rico Browning from Creature from the Black Lagoon and and to see how that went, you know, personally, how that outpouring and being, you know, respected was uh, really important on both ends for both the gentlemen. Last year, I had the opportunity of introducing Bobby Clark, who played the Gorn in Star Trek, to um, Mr. Nakajima, so, like... Mr. Clark kept on asking me, "Hey, could you introduce me to you know to Mr. Nakajima? Like you know, when you get a suit actor like you know bugging you, hey man, could you could you introduce me to Mr. Nakajima? Yeah. And you're like, of course, you know. And so like I introduced them, and and they had a you know a nice little talk, and you know interesting thing too about Mr. Clark is he also served in the Navy and served in Japan, so there was a connection there, you mm-hmm. know, and like just making stuff like you know, you know, positive. In fact, I called Mr. Clark the other day just to let him know about it. Cause I wanted to make sure that he knew about it. And he was like, Oh man, you know, like you could hear the loss over the phone about it, you know, and, and, you know, the shock and, you know, the, please let everybody know that, you know, I'm caring about him too and the family and all that. So it's very sweet. It's very tender, you know, and, um, you know, I think that he would be definitely happy that people are you know, yeah, uh, concerned and talk about him because there's tributes going on right now. There's going to be some stuff in, the, in various publications. We're going to have, you know, like I said, a little. Uh, I think we talked earlier. Going to do a, a little bit of a tribute to him in the second edition of our magazine. So,
0: okay. Uh, well, oh, before we segue into the magazine, uh, there's an, another great video of. Uh, I guess a lot of people might not know, but in the 1998 Godzilla movie, uh, there was a suit actor for certain shots, and there's a video, I think it might be on Toho Kingdom, regardless it's on YouTube somewhere, of uh, that actor being introduced to Nakajima, and he actually is like an actual Godzilla fan, and he's like, the first thing I want to tell you is, I know the movie was bad. (laughs) and then he goes on to say like i remember watching godzilla versus the smog monster when i was a kid and again it's kind of what you were saying it's just it's two suit actors that you know have an immediate connection and i thought that's again two generations of godzilla maybe the other one isn't the one that we all prefer but again it's very cool to see you know him mixing it up and the camaraderie between those guys yeah and you know he's so
2: humble he was so humble and so like you know that's who i am you know i mean like when when the the name mr godzilla is synonymous with Haruo nakajima you know Mm -hmm. and he kind of got the term you know and of course we helped and assisted with this as well when he came to burbank you know six half years ago um almost um, he became what was known as the God of suits because everybody else just bowed down, you know, and there was a panel there and it was it turned out very well at Palooza and the other people just couldn't even hold a candle up to him. Mm-hmm. Not that they were trying, but you know, like, you know, when you've been in those precarious situations and, you know, near death multiple times, just for the film, just for the celluloid, you know, just to make, you know, an image to, to put in the theaters, um, it's just, it's just, you know, it's just amazing. I mean, like, no safety nets, no, you know, OSHA standards, none of that <laughs> stuff, you know, that that we have now. I mean, you know, no legal team sitting back there with, you know, pens and papers and books and, and, and you know, recordings of what's going on. You know, he, he did it all. And, um, you know, I think he would have continued to do something, you know, mm-hmm. in the future, whatever it would have been. And even his appearances in japan are a direct response to his popularity overseas in america you know like getting all those appearances and wonderfest and all those things happening you know in the past that wasn't the way it was and so you know people recognize and will continue to recognize
0: what he meant to everyone
2: around the world i believe
0: yeah um yeah, no, that that's all awesome. Thank you so much for your insights. And, I mean, from someone who's worked with Nakajima a lot, I mean, it, it's always rewarding to hear, you know, that your impression of a certain person, you know, a famous person or whatever, it, it, of being awesome, is like, no, they actually were that awesome. Like, it's always <laughs> rewarding to hear that, you know? He was great. He was a great
2: guy, and, and he was a good friend to, to so many. He was a, you know... Um, Devoted husband, uh, a good father, you know, uh, served his nation, uh, an ambassador, and um, they broke the mold when they met Mr. Nakajima.
0: <laughs> they did indeed. Um, well, let's sw- Let's shift over to Monster Tech Team. Um, oh, that's boring stuff. No, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, this is a, a, this is a fanzine that I still. Now it's a magazine. Yeah, <laughs> you like magazine more.
2: So it started out as a fanzine. It started out as a fan well, club. Uh,
0: well, you you've gotten better distribution in the last couple years, correct?
2: That's correct. Um, there's currently a distribution efforts in the work with with Diamond, the only game in town now. Yeah,
0: still. North I America. mean, that, that would be awesome because I know. Like I have, I have the most recent recent issues over, from the last like maybe four years or so, um, but still, it, you know, they can still be hard to find. So if that can go through, <laughs> you know, that would be awesome. And obviously, um, the ones that are in print, you can still get on the website. Um, uh, but no, uh, I first of all want to say uh, I'm glad that you guys are still going through and making these magazines. Um, especially, I mean, I know how tough it has to be to try and keep any kind of magazine afloat, but, um, and you know, this isn't me putting down G-Fan or this or that, because G-Fan was huge for all of us, but I really like that Monster Attack team approaches the the movies from a very, I, I want to say, educational perspective. Uh, uh, Point of view, and that they want to teach you about the how these movies were made, and there's an almost there's a more academic um, approach that you know maybe like the first few years a G fan really took, um, and then you know they started you know doing a lot more things with comic strips and branding themselves which is fine i'm not knocking that but i i always go in like craving information on like why was this made why did this director do this why did this actor do this what did what did uh, ishiro honda eat for breakfast that day like i'm <laughs> i'm that guy that just wants to soak this stuff up like a sponge and uh between like you guys and japanese giants like it just seems like there's a little less of that so props just for the quality of the content that well, thank you, you so much. Consistently, you put out like um, uh, it, it's just anytime there's a new issue. I, you know, I follow the Facebook. Anytime I see there's a new issue coming out that's available, I'm like, okay, that I need to I need to pre-order or whatever. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, um, I guess well, first of all. I feel like we should get it out of the way in that, because people are probably wondering, the people that have followed it, uh, you did mention a second pressing of the current issue, which was available at G-Fest, and I made the foolish mistake of getting to the dealer's room like three hours after it opened, (laughs) and they were all gone. So so for people like myself, there will be uh, a, a, a chance here.
2: Yes, there will be a chance. Uh, we're still, you know, working the distribution uh, end out right now. So, um, and if it goes through with Diamond, that'll be great. Cause you'll get it. You'll be able to order it through previews, you know, across North America. And then if it's not available through Diamond, which um, it could or cannot be, then we'll be still promoting how you can get it. the The fact is that it is out. I mean, we'll be taking another break again and putting another issue out. But you know i'm I'm a busy person, I have a you know uh, forty plus hour a week job and family mm-hmm. and all that. and so every time we do another issue, we think, maybe this is the last issue, but then somebody comes up and says, "Hey, I really want to do another issue can can <laughs> I put an issue out and so like the latest issue is uh, the the editor on it is uh, Arian Hanosa, a friend of mine, and so he has uh, been the one to pick up the reins to make this one happen. So as an editorial director, it's a whole different look. It's more of a <clears> – <throat> I would say it's, you know, it's a little bit larger than, than issue 11, uh, maybe less on content, more images, uh, more of a fashion-type mm-hmm. look as well, uh, more art-centric. Uh, but uh, you've got you know a variety of stuff as well. And uh, you do have information in there that you won't see in any other magazine yeah. and ever. Um, so, you know, you mentioned GFAN, and and I'm really you know glad that they're still going forth and, and making issues, too. I write, I've i written for GFAN. Mm-hmm. I've written for Otaku USA. I've written for Stars and Stripes. I've written for Sci-Fi Japan, Famous Monsters, a couple of other, you know, uh, magazines and stuff of that nature. But when we put one of these out, it's kind of like an event. You know, mm-hmm. so like you said people want to get it. Unfortunately, 12 is sold out. So issue 12, the second edition, um, you'll be able to get it. And once, you know, we announce that it's out, then please pick it up if you can.
0: Yeah, uh, I'll, 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 I'll be doing it. I'm not missing it. Again. <laughs> <laughs> the second edition
2: will have uh, currently the edition now. It's dedicated to Kawakita, but the second edition will be dedicated to Kawakita, uh, the special effects director, Koichi Kawakita, mm-hmm. and uh, to Nakajima. And content-wise, it's a variety of stuff. We've got um, a piece on Triple Fighter, Tsuburaya Productions uh, program from Kevin Gray's. Uh, people probably know the name. He's been with us for a long time, since we started. And then we have uh, an article on the band Katal which is uh, the Tsuburaya official rock band. Which and is awesome. Which is awesome, I and mean, you know, you know, I, I got the chance to see these guys, and they're amazing. I mean, like, you know, you're going to a concert. This is how this is. Let me just go back in time here, but imagine you're going to, to Japan and you see Shin Godzilla movie. You know, you're like, wow, it's a great movie. Six days later, you're in a concert hall and you're seeing, you know, a group of people who are from different bands together, playing as one band. You know, they're they've got music videos done by the director of ultraman x and ultraman Mm -hmm. orb and yeah they're they've got you know all kinds of people in the audience including hiroshi sagai modeler who was there you know all these people are like the who's who of of, you know tokusatsu world hanging out and they're up on stage doing a red man song (laughs) it's a tv series red man Yes. And then, like you know, while while the concert's going on, like the the concert floor clears out, I'm I'm turning and I look around like, oh my god, what's happening? And like, there's like a guy dressed up as Red Man fighting a kaiju in the concert hall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude,
0: just, that sounds awesome. Yeah, you will it's only those, yeah those are those are the kinds of things you only get in Monster Attack Team. Like you, it's it's there's so much stuff that you really can't find. Anywhere else? One of my favorite pieces was uh, what, Ed. Which episode or which which issue had the Jeff Zornow cover on it?
2: Uh, Jeff Zornow. I don't think we had him on the cover. Or no, Jeff no. Did.
0: Was it a Matt Frank cover? It was Ultraman. Yes, that was
2: yeah. unmade Ultraman with Matt Frank. Okay, cover. yeah. I think okay, it was so it was, issue it was eight point five. A Matt
0: Frank cover. There's an article in there about this super obscure, awful, weird movie that Ed Wood wrote. <laughs> Um, called Revenge of Dr. X. And for years, that had been like one of those like f- bad movies that I watch with my friends just because it's ridiculous. And it never knowing... Like, the behind-the-scenes of that movie is insane. And I learned <laughs> about that from Monster Attack Team. I was never able to find out any information about this stupid movie, and it was right there in Monster Attack Team. And that's why I love it.
2: <laughs> oh, thank you so much. So, yeah, we, we try to present something different. Um, the... He, the issue eleven, which I think people probably got, if they haven't, you should check it out. There's some things in there that other people, like Ed Edzaszewski and Greg Shoemaker from Japanese, um, um, Japanese Fantasy Film Journal, and other uh, people that I respect that have been doing these things for many years, they personally made you know glowing comments about issue eleven. And issue eleven is a work of art in itself. If you like Godzilla or Smog Monster, mm-hmm. you need to get that shit. Yeah,
0: no, that's a great one. I have that one too. Um, like I said, I have I have most of them. Uh, so, I guess go go all the way back to all the way back. Oh yeah, my gosh, to how it started. Because obviously there was Markalite, Japanese uh, fantasy film journal. Um, a little later was G Fan, but there was all you know Japanese giants uh mm-hmm. so what what started monster attack team uh what's the origin story of monster attack okay. team the
2: origin is uh, my my friend joe Riley, god rest his soul he's no longer here joe Riley and i uh, were approached at a, at a convention i guess prior to creation con or whatever back in the day and uh, joe worked on television and film productions and we had done some stuff together for a fred williamson film and stuff of that nature um and so this television radio producer came up to us named Larry King. Not the Larry King from CNN, mind you, but <laughs> a, a different Larry King. And he came up to us and he said, hey, I, I want to get you guys together. I, I know you guys are both into Godzilla and Ultraman. Would you mind doing a cable access program? So, well, you know, we were just already working on doing a fan club, fanzine. So uh, Monster Tag Team was a fan club, a fanzine, and a Dallas uh, Texas cable access program, all at the same time, big package. Um, it became popular, and popular to a degree that people started copying on VHS, mind you, copies of the episode and sending them to Chicago and places like that. So, unbeknownst to us, Monster Attack Team was showing on Chicago cable access and Dallas cable access at the same time, <laughs> and. So, like, there were articles in, you know, I don't know what they call them, City Beat or whatever the magazine was called in Chicago, where people were talking about our program. So, you know, it caught the eye of Ultracom and other people. And this was prior to GFAN, mind you, um, and Power Rangers and all that. And so, uh, at one point, Ultracom, who was distributing and working uh, Ultraman at the time, caught wind of it. And then, I guess, they promoted that in some degree. And then people like... um, Bob Johnson and August Fragoni and Damon Foster from Oriental Cinema started calling my house from like, who are these guys <laughs> like started calling my house and you know getting in touch with me so it kind of a mushroom into a different entity and you know I guess I say the rest is history but a few things happened after that we were you know on the set of uh, Ultraman Powered uh, I met uh, on my own accord Mark Richardson, who was the prop master of uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. So I was on the set of Power Rangers before it was released on American television. And so some of these things, you know, were covered in monster attacking from the beginning throughout our, you know, genesis, as as, as I guess you could call it. So it even caught the attention of people in Japan. And some of our episodes of our TV show were sent directly to Japan. So... If you guys remember when Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah was, you know, all the heyday on the news and people were complaining about the, the war scenes and all that.
0: I remember well, that, yep. While, while
2: um, you know, Entertainment Tonight was talking about it, we were actually showing it on television, you know, showing those, those sequences and doing it all without any issues or problems from Toho or Toei or Subaraya because they actually had copies of our show and they were fans. So, you know, some had some contacts at TV guide magazine in Japan and stuff like that. So we've done things on and off and, uh, we took a long break, obviously when I joined the military and then Mike Keller resurrected it, uh, the whole thing approximately. And I think 2008, somewhere in that time frame, probably where you got your mm-hmm. copy or on. Yep. Yeah. And then, um, we got, uh, the interest of Diamond, they wanted to distribute it, so Diamond took that issue and split it in two. I think Sci-Fi Japan has covered this. They split it in two and made it a different version, and, and you know, also covered in those issues is bringing Godzilla down to size, which everybody talks about these days. The documentary, yeah. so we had an you know, extensive feature on that. Uh, we brought you know actors like Tak Sakaguchi and Sato Kawasaki to America. Those guys worked on all the stunts for. Uh, Godzilla Final Wars and Versus, and Isao Karasawa is also the uh, the actor in the Denjin Zaboga costume from Karate Robo Zabogar. And, um, you know, just on and on and on. We've met a lot of amazing people. Um, one of one of my really good friends, and I had to give a shout out to him here, is uh, Hiroshi Kanatani, who's an artist in Japan. And Hiroshi and I have been friends for about five, six years now. And uh, we met... Down at a common writer event of all places in mm-hmm. southern Japan, and so you know we've been invited and been part of some amazing things on the set of shows, and you know gotten to hung out with like the common writer actors and things of that nature. So we try to share a lot of that in the magazine. Same thing with the the current issue, even though it's a little different and it's less, like I said, uh, wording. It's got nice things in there. It's got a piece on the really rare Atragon 2 movie uh, written by Mark Ademio, kaiju historian. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Triple Fighter article in there, never been talked about before. The Last Days of Planet Earth, one of my personal favorite movies. Yeah. If anybody's not seen that, you get time it's, to sit It's down.
0: wild. It's bizarre. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, and We featured uh, a piece there on... Um, Ultraman, uh, kaiju exhibit at the Yokohama Broadcast Museum, mainly photos, which is nice. Kaiju Sakaba, you know, on and on and on. Comrade Hibiki from David McRobbie, some art, and the Tokyo, uh, not Tokyo, the Yokohama Godzilla special effects exhibition in Yokohama. Actually, Takarada-san was there. Akira Takarada was there. He was so busy, I didn't get a chance to say hi to him, but, uh you know there were you know we just try to be in those places where people want to be yeah and then we just, we we like to share that with everyone i think that's a kind of a good description
0: yeah yeah and i definitely value the uh the the priority on things like information and things that you wouldn't get everywhere else um did you uh, so this was a couple of years ago, so my memory might be hazy, but did you at some point have a deal with Famous Monsters?
2: That's correct. Um, on issue 10, we put out... I don't even, know, to even remember the, the size of it. It's the biggest...
0: Yeah, it's huge. It's t- t- like a, a small book.
2: ...ever created <laughs> that I know of with that much information in America or Japan. You know, the, the switch-up is you get big pictures, you get a lot of information, and not many ads. So they uh, published us. That was something I worked for a long period of time. And we finally got published by them in uh, 2013 and um, we still have done things, you know, with them since then. But um, that thing went all over the world. Mm -hmm. And um, I've heard from people as far as, you know, Boston and New York saying, Hey, yeah, I got your magazine. It was amazing, you know? And then, You know, um, there's also, you know, music stuff in there, too. So we cover the music culture of of Japan and, you know, not just uh, monsters and superheroes, but like, you know, a variety of things. And so I've known that people have picked that up just for the music portion on on it alone. And we've interviewed famous bands and uh, I just was uh, at an event the other day. With Stephen Perkins from Jane's Addiction, and he's in a band called Tabitha with these two really great female guitarists from Japan. So we might feature that as well in the second okay. edition.
0: Cool. Did uh um did Famous Monsters ever reach out about doing another one, or did
2: they did uh, they did? I'm not sure if that got cycled into some other things they're doing, but uh, I um. Very fortunate to you know have you know read famous monsters as a kid and then actually do a production with them and um, I think we might do something in the future. It just okay. depends. Cool. You know. I don't want to like you know say that's definitely happening because you know now they're more of a uh, convention based um, entity, but they still are putting out magazines. So they're mm-hmm. putting out an annual this year, and you're going to see some stuff in there okay. from us.
0: Okay, cool. Um, I know I've seen you mention it maybe once or twice. Would you ever compile these into a book?
2: Oh, all of the issues? Yeah. Um, I would like to do that uh, if I had enough time yeah. to, to you know actually put it together. I would think that maybe the the easier idea would be like to put pieces from from them. Uh, some of the master. Uh, files were like, like you said in the beginning of this, was a fanzine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of them are, are electronic. Okay. So um, I guess the main thing is it would have to be quality. You
0: yeah. Know? Yeah.
2: And, you know, we've never really gone backwards. Yeah. And you know, there's been a lot of magazines and a lot of, you know, Tsukasa's related things that have gone on. And actually, I think we, you know, inspired a lot of those like mm-hmm. Kaiju fan, Ultra fan. Oh, yeah, they, for sure. All for those. Sure. And there was a Sentai magazine and some other stuff. And all those things are gone now, unfortunately. Yeah. So, um, you know, if they're, when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, there's G Fan and there's us. I think that's about
0: yeah, it. Pretty much, yeah. As, as far as this specific, as far as, you know, Tokusatsu goes, I think every now and then there might be an Oriental cinema. Right. But I feel like that's still, like, uh, yeah, there's, there's, not, that's what I'm saying. There's not very much, and the, with I mean, there's
2: other the, magazines too, like Mad Monster Party and Roomorg, and those guys have good stuff. Yeah, but they're but that, not that's that's we, it's that.
0: much more broad, you broad. know. Uh, but yeah, that's that's why I want to get them. And the thing is, like when they go out of print, they're hard to find. So it's sorry I, about that. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's not all your fault. I urge anyone listening that when you see a new Monster Attack team just go ahead whether you see it you know at a convention somewhere or it's online grab it because the content is always worth it and to me it's like you said ed the 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 releases are almost staggered in a way now where it's like each one's an event and with print media being what it is that even doing one every couple years or whatever is hard um, but you guys really make it worth the wait i think i've i've felt like that since i i it was in 2008 when you guys did the split issue thing and kind of came back that i got into mat and um i mean i'm i always have my eyes on ebay or whatever for any back issues someone might be trying to get rid of that aren't around and people I usually mean, hang on to them i guess i know <laughs> they really do and i mean for good reason uh, and no, I mean, I, I think that it's, it's incredible that you can produce a magazine of this quality when, you know, print is like no one, practically no one cares about print anymore. And I mean, every time a new one comes through, it's always worth, worth the wait. Like, like the, that well, we Godzilla vs. is awesome. You know,
2: we couldn't do it without our writers and, and the support we have. And we just did, you know, the release party for 12 and we did that at the, uh, the San Diego comic art gallery that's owned by IDW comics. And, um, a lot of people came out, you know, a lot of people came out. We we showed clips from things that haven't been shown. We, uh, had some of our writers out there. We had, uh, Adrian Miller who did the, um, the little plush Gabara and, uh, titanosaurus figures. And she also made Mothra, Jewelry and stuff that was shown in G Fest. So she came out there, so you know <clears throat> it's always been a cultural type thing, and with you know the fashion and the music and and stuff like that that we have, you know, combined, it, it's um, it gets the eye of a lot of different kinds of people. You know, uh, I've I've noticed sometimes on our just on our Facebook page, which is nearing fourteen thousand five hundred people, by the way, um, I've noticed that sometimes. People, like, light up about just one image and talk about it. There was a a picture we had of um, Sasuma uh transforming to Ultraman in, in the Tsuburaya offices. That one photo ended up, like, getting thousand <laughs> likes or something. And, like, I don't know, 9,000 shares, something crazy. And so <laughs> I was wondering what the heck went on with this. And so I looked back into it. And I, what I deciphered was that it lit up like a whole section of Ohio and who had watched, I guess, Ultraman during the heyday when it was on television. And so wives were having conversations about it, you know. <laughs> and people from South America, Brazilians and people were, you know, speaking in their native tongues about it on our Facebook page. And I was thinking, how rewarding is that, that, you know, a little fanzine with a cable access program is reaching a, a large segment of the world,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know? I mean, I never expected that. And, you know, just like the event with Nakajima in, in Yokosuka, Japan, people coming up with, like, tiny little pictures of, like, oh, this is the original Godzilla slide, you know? And uh, I, I had to find this at, a, at, a, at an antique store. Do you think Nakajima would sign it? He could barely see the picture, but he was so <laughs> intrigued, you know? <laughs> That this, this mom would come up gushing about, you know, this photo she found in an antique shop in a weird section of Japan that, you know, is like the only relic that's still, you know, surviving, showing the original Godzilla slide from Kananzaki. <laughs>
0: that's awesome.
2: I mean, like, it really, you know, intrigues people and makes them, like, so happy. And I think that's, maybe that's the magic, is that. We'd like to, you know, we show in our enthusiasm, and then people show the love enthusiasm back to us.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that you were on the set of Ultraman Powered, but I gotta ask now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that series is like gone down in infamy. Is like the one where, like, none of the stuff was built right, and everything was like super fragile. Yes. So like the the monsters could like barely fight.
2: <laughs> yes. Did you yeah, get we a, were on this, did you get a first hand look at,
0: at that madness?
2: I did. We um, the day we went, I forget all the executives that were there, but it was um, it was uh, Bob Johnson, August Strigoni and I, and Kate McMaines from Ultracom. And a lot of executives from Japan came too. Some of the, you know, have worked on the original Ultraman and stuff and now are are, are gone, have left us. But um, it looked great. It looked really cool. But you know, um, when it was all said and done, it was one of the you know the slowest moving tokusatsu <laughs> productions next to like you know Green Man or God
1: Man ever made. Right. <laughs> and uh, oh man, if you I, I, Green Man or God Man, you know exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like
2: Ultra Fight was more exciting in my opinion, but. Uh, <laughs> But, um, you know, it, it had all the right elements and stuff. I think even, if I'm not mistaken, one of the original um, production design paintings and promotion pieces was done by Noriyoshi Orai of, you know, all the Godzilla uh, amazing uh, mm-hmm. posters of the years. Yeah. It looks so good. And some of the design work, and you probably know this if you don't, then you know, maybe this is an exclusive here. Some of the design work for that series, um, Shinji Higuchi was actually in Burbank working it, or Hollywood, working on it as well
0: yeah he he mentioned it like in passing when he did uh the kaiju cast recently so i knew he was okay yeah i knew he had some capacity i didn't know he was actually there to do design work
2: yes and then i i think he didn't stay for the whole thing but like you know he was a part of that too and um the day that we were there it was interesting and you know maybe in the future when we get a chance and we resurrect monster attack team television or whatever again um the day we were there, uh, it was Ultraman fighting Dada. But I, I call him Vegas Dada. He's <laughs> all <laughs> like sequenced out, you know, and he's, he's shining. He's got these big bird feet. It was kind of different. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: But I, I really liked it. And we went to the creature shop too. So we actually got to, you know, see all the costumes. They were amazing, but they were very fragile. They They wouldn't allow you to, to hit them. So like, you know, there's, you know, there wasn't a, a, a double or whatever. There was some <laughs> double stuff, but like, you know, I, I admit, uh, God bless the soul. I just don't think the, the director had had a clue. You know what was going on there?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what that's what I always heard. I, that's just wild because the you know you watch the original Ultraman shows and stuff, and they're so like physical the fights, yeah. and then and then you see this this one, and they can like barely touch each other. Yeah. The
2: greatest thing to come out about Powered over the last years is uh, Katakutai's latest record, Ultraman Hits, and they do a song on Ultraman Powered.
0: <laughs> oh, nice! <laughs> yeah, that, that,
2: that's that's more enjoyable than this series, in my opinion.
0: Were the was the Power Rangers set less? Uh, is was that oh, was that put yeah. together a little better?
2: Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the time, you know, they were okay. I went to the set and a friend of mine was friends, I guess with Mark at the time. And so we went to the set and I was on the juice bar set, and <laughs> nice. the, the high school. And there was a prop prop office and stuff like that above around the corner from that set. And I thought, man, is this really going to work? I mean, like I, I was a fan of Jew Ranger and stuff. And I thought this looks kind of shoddy, you know, like I don't think this is going to work, but then here we are, you know, decades later and it's still going, you know? Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, and, I think that over the years, uh, you know, there have been good Sentai shows and so-so Sentai shows. But, you know, in my opinion, like, um, Gokaiger was pretty good. But the days of, you know, Jetman and all those things from years past, I think those are long gone. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, the, the, the quality is the story. You know, you mentioned Ultraman earlier and stuff like that. It's like, you know, the original Dada story was insane. You know, Jami I mean, you mm-hmm. know, Godzilla it's all about that manga-esque you know, storyline that makes you want to, you know, watch it again. Just like when we were kids if you watched Twilight Zone or Outer Limits or Night Gallery or whatever it might have been you know, those are the shows that, that kept you in, was the story, you know um, so even the original Common Rider shows that they had some pretty bizarre stories you know, yeah. pretty interesting stuff. That yeah. stuff is Oh, it's all flash and bang and boom, bash, crash, and you know those days are kind of gone. But there, once in a while, there's some good stuff, and yeah. so I, I kinda like some of the new Ultraman series personally. Yeah,
0: you know, the, the d- yeah newer Ultra stuff I'm hit and miss with. Like the new one, Jeed, mm-hmm. I've been watching. I'm not into that one. Um, I've seen like some. X. Yeah, I've seen some good X stuff. I really like Max though, the one Matt said he was watching earlier. I like that one. Yes. Too.
2: Yeah, and they brought back a lot of the the old kaiju into a, a nice, you know, um, I guess you would say updated version of it and stuff like that. Speaking of uh, Ultraman, I had the the chance to be on the Ultraman Orb X movie last year as well. I was an extra running around Shinagawa, you know, getting chased by the monster. I think they cut me out. I probably looked pretty bad in the scene or something. <laughs> So, you know, you always get that idea. like, you always want to be on a production that actually is working. But um, it was nice, you know, and and I think they have the right spirit for sure. And, you know, to see these films in the theaters and stuff uh, are a lot of fun. And they make events out of it. You know, there's special gifts and sometimes, you know, authentic things you can't get anywhere. Tell you something bizarre. Last year uh, when Shin Godzilla came out, I saw it in multiple locations, right? And they do events there, too, depending on the theater you're at. I went to a theater um, just by chance in Yokosuka to see Shin Godzilla. Guess what they had at the theater for sale in the gift shop?
0: Take a guess. Uh, Jeez, I've seen, especially with Shin Godzilla, I've seen everything from, like, oven mitts to...
2: (laughs) It wasn't even Shin Godzilla stuff. They had something that was... I was like, why do they have this? They had these, like, radio promo... Um, I'd have to get it out and dig it out. These cassette singles, a two-sided single, so one song on each side, and it was uh, from Return of Godzilla. <laughs> what? <laughs> wait, yes. Wait. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, man! What are they selling this in here for? And they said, oh, we just had that, you know, back stock. And I said,
0: from so when?
2: I'm, I'm, <laughs> from 1980s. <laughs> it came from when when Godzilla '84 came out. They had, I guess, oh, a single. God. On with with music on each side on a cassette single, and they were selling them for like two hundred yen. They were still in the plastic bags.
1: Please <laughs> tell me it was the Goodbye Godzilla, the the Sayonara Godzilla song from the end. I don't think
2: it be- was that one. No, uh, <laughs> that song's awesome.
1: That song is that song is amazing. <laughs>
2: yeah. So, so you know, if you were a fan of, of these things and, and these these characters and these creatures and programs. You gotta like go to different places and locations to see it, or you know, you can go visit where they shot the movie. and might have something there, or you know. Um, in years past, we haven't put in the magazine, but I've always been, you know, messing with my editors. I wanted to do a whole feature on Ultraman Land and Monster Attack Team, and we never really did.
0: But is that still around out there? It's gone, man. Yeah, I remember. It. I remember when it came, and I remember like. Never hearing much about it, so I yeah I, I figured it it went away. That that was what barely two years, probably. No, it was around for was about around? almost nine or ten years, nine I believe. Or ten? But, okay,
2: but it 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 went you know like a like the wind, and <laughs> unfortunately. And Did you get a chance so, to go? Yes, I went three times.
0: Okay, what was that like?
2: Oh my gosh! <laughs> I mean, the. I, I'm still thinking about it. My kids are still talking about it. <laughs> so you had the option to like, you know, um, just go to the park and see the shows or, or look at some of the rides. And sometimes they had games and toys. But like, it's really bizarre to think, you know, you can go to a park and it's not here anymore, but go to a park and somebody dressed up as Ultraman 80 is going to teach you how to walk across the street.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds exactly like Ultraman 82, but <laughs>
2: Okay, kids, everybody hang out here. Now, when you see the light, you go across the street. When the light turns red, then you stop. Okay, and Ultraman 80s, like, directing and showing children how to walk across the street inside Ultraman Land.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh.
2: <laughs> so, quite a lot of fun, in my opinion. Um, it's unfortunate that it went away. I mean, there used to be a Godzilla a Sanrio, like, ride years ago. Yeah, I remember
0: that. It was like a 3D thing. Oh, so,
2: a hero something. world, right. you know, that's gone um if you're interested in the toy hero world check sci-fi japan i did an article on it for them you can see all that stuff there but um all these things come and go man they're limited you know like our magazine
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> i
1: There's always say on that. youtube uh of, of the new shin godzilla universal studio oh right? man. But,
2: i wanted to go but you know what i got instead because i couldn't go uh, Mr. Higuchi gave me a, a newspaper article on it. They did like a little fake newspaper article for the ride. So some people went, some people didn't go. Uh, I do know that the, a lot of the other stuff is still there, like the Harry Potter and the Attack mm-hmm. on Titan and stuff. But the Shin Godzilla thing was like in and
1: out,
0: you know? I didn't even know that was gone already. Yeah. I feel like that was like two months ago, I remember.
1: Yeah, <laughs> there's a there's a video on YouTube. Somebody like has the entire thing... Oh nice! Uh, yeah, so you can you can actually see it. It's it's insane actually. It's actually it's fairly long too for a ride. It's like like ten minutes long, which for for a ride is is pretty long. I feel like most of most. Do you know of
2: the how many people were involved in that thing, man? They shot they shot the crowd sequences at Toho Studios. They had five hundred people running around. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's it? yeah. Jeez. So I mean, you know, obviously it's a lotto type system to get involved. Or you got to know somebody to be a part of it. But like. That's a pretty big deal when Toho shoots 500 people on a sound stage, you know, for a little ride that's going to be in Osaka.
0: And I That'd... feel like that movie was so big, like it's weird that it that was so so limited, especially like out here if you if they have a ride at Universal, it's up for at least like 10 years.
2: There you go. It's, but yeah. then, you know, people are still crying about the jaws being gone, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> that see that <laughs> was Dude, one I don't, of the, that everybody was mad about that. Yeah. That I was one the, of the I ones I went sporadic. on when I was younger. <laughs> Well, you guys saw the Skull Island thing burn down, and I forget where oh. it was, what country it was, but like it China? burned to the ground. Was that China?
0: Yeah, uh, well, it, it was at the premiere, right? It was like a giant King Kong that caught on fire or something.
2: <laughs> like, burnt to
1: the ground, yeah.
2: Sounds like the King Kong 1976 or the robot or something. <laughs> <laughs> would
1: it would have be been better if that movie burned to the ground. I hate that movie. You didn't like Kong Skull Island? No, uh, I liked, oh, I 76. I like Skull Island. Yeah, not, not yeah. a
2: 76 fan. I like I the do. scenes with Rick Baker. You know when he's running around in the jungle. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, Baker is awesome. I love his. I love his work. I just that movie drives me nuts. I do. I do like, ironically, King Kong Lives. Don't hate me.
0: <laughs> that movie is out there. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I do know that Kong School
2: Island was pretty popular for a lot of people. Um, we fortunately had the
0: artist. Yeah. At fast yeah the poster, yeah the poster. yeah he was he was like uh i went to his panel uh and he man he was super proud of that poster too oh yes like he oh, he, yeah. he was just like it's 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 always nice to see an artist be that proud of their work but he was gushing over it and in fact matt and i met the director uh in chicago because they were doing a 70 millimeter skull island uh at the music box in chicago and he was there doing a QA and i told him that and uh that you know hey i'm at g fest like 30 minutes away and yuji kaida's like gushing over the poster he did for your movie and he he was like that's my favorite poster anyone's done for that movie he's like i have a huge print of it framed uh, on my wall and yeah it's 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 awesome
2: and you know the the, the fact that that Kaira-san was able to do a poster of that stature with with little or few elements given to him.
0: Yeah, he said they bit like they gave him a really small timetable, and yeah. they really like they didn't really give him any concept art or anything. They were just like, right. "Here, watch the trailers." Right, and he was able to come up with that. <laughs> I know that's
1: incredible. Yeah, yeah.
0: his no. book's and awesome so,
1: too. By the way, I picked, I snagged that uh, when I was there. Oh, you got the little Chiyashi. No, I got the the big book that he. The I think you guys had like a hundred hundred of those books or something. Was it oh yes, certain? yeah, that book.
2: Uh, You're a lucky man because uh, he had to get approval to get that book sold there at the convention. And I actually carted those books all the way over to Chicago from California, and I think my back didn't break. But um, they were they were hot sellers. You know, they went in a couple hours or whatever there at the convention. And uh, I'm glad you got one because. In my opinion, that book uh, captures the majority of his really, you know, amazing laser disc and box art and stuff like that, all in the one publication. There's so, also
0: some really interesting illustrations in there that he did. That has like Toho monsters with like Kurosawa characters and, yes, and stuff yes. like that.
2: Yeah, those are record albums and stuff like that, and laser disc covers that they put stuff together when they released it. But like, you know, he's a monster fan and kaiju fan just like us and. Um, it was a real pleasure to, to be his assistant and handle him at G Fest. And I, I think he did really well and I know the fans really enjoyed it and, um, you know, him and I stay in touch and here's the nice thing. When we do things in Japan, he's always there, you know, that's like, it's amazing that he was, you know, take time out of his schedule to come and, and visit us and, and, and hang with, you know, our fans and stuff like that too, when we do stuff in Japan. So uh, I'm very honored to to have worked with him and helped him, and um, you'll be seeing more from Kaida that we're yeah. involved
0: in. Good, yeah, he's he's awesome. He he's brilliant. Was that his first time out this way?
2: That was his first time uh, to be at G Fest. I think he visited Chicago before, but I don't think I'm not sure what what he was doing in that capacity. Okay. But like at an American event, you know, and, and having his his artwork and stuff there. I mean. Just alone, like, you know, he got approval for the Evangelion print that he brought there. You know, things like that. Really limited, really exclusive that, you know, it's kind of even hard to get.
0: Yeah. That
2: was a cool print, too. Oh, yeah. And he he really, you know, he was happy. He was thankful. And uh, it was quite a lot of fun. I mean, I wish somebody uh, was able to record it, but, like, I love what he said uh, on stage, you know, like. He kind of like stole the the floor from the other guests about you know being part of the kaiju culture and stuff. <laughs> really good, really nice guy and uh, a lovely man. And him and his wife are are dear friends. And um, I'm really thankful that they were able to come out and share with everybody there at G Fest. Yeah,
0: they they seemed to be having a really good time. They were they were cool. I'm glad they came out. Oh, it was nice.
1: Do you have any uh, going back to, to the magazine for a second? Do you have um, do you have any plans in the works for your next magazine? I mean, is there any any plans? I know I know you take a break typically, but is there anything in the work that you can maybe drop hints at at this point? Um,
2: well, uh, a lot of people uh, want to be involved with the next um, iteration of the next one, and. Um, I uh, don't have much to say yet because we're going to kind of see how the distribution goes with this issue. But uh, I would think something more, um, I think something a little more artistic possibly, you know. And I don't know exactly what that would be yet. But, you know, if Lucky 13 comes out, that'll be the one to get, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: correct. I, I was just on the uh, the website actually, and I can tell you for for those who are interested, um, issue probably outdated. <laughs> well, issue eleven is showing is still being available um, currently. Is that is that correct? It's it's you yeah, it's a print on
2: demand, it. I think, from Indie Planet. So, yep. uh, if anybody gets it through Indie Planet and they get the the digital version, I think there's an issue with the digital version <clears> that that Indie Planet put together. So just drop us a line, we'll get in touch with the editor, Mike Keller, he provided a PDF, so that's, that literally, you know, that's the first issue we've made available on the back end, in PDF version, but I mean, it's thick, I mean, it's, you know, it's chalk, I mean, there's like, you know, there's 80 pages, I don't know if you're going to have this, the the special, there was a second edition of that done, it wasn't really much added, but one thing that's really nice, in the second edition, there is a of issue 11, there's a bonus Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla Froku, uh, Monster Attack Team Cutout by Matt Frank. So you literally could cut the back cover and you could put Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla in front of an oil field and put it on your desk if you wanted to. <laughs> <That's> pretty
0: cool.
2: <laughs> but uh, I don't know if anybody has that version. That was kind of a, a limited one. But that issue is. Uh, I think that issue is my personal favorite.
0: It's a good one. How long does it take to actually like compile all the elements for a full issue? Oh, gosh.
2: That that depends. Um, you know, um, if you like anime, I interviewed uh, Leiji Matsumoto for this issue, and the the admiral of you know space anime, and uh, from Harlock and Yamato and all that. So that took a while just to do that interview because. It was uh you know, a limited interview with television and, and radio personalities that I was able to go to and I had to translate that, then I had to work with actually some translators to, to figure it out. Then I had to rewrite it, then I had to, you know, update it. I had to go I wanted to incorporate some of the elements from a, a section of Hiroshima in a town called Kure, which is where uh, basically uh the majority of Japanese naval operations happened. So there was an art gallery there, still there, in Kure uh, that's um, honoring Lady Matsumoto. So, you know, like when you think you're done, you're not done, right? <laughs> and so we had to do some updates to it. And then that issue probably took a good, looking back at the timeline, that probably took a good year to do totally. But the blessing was, you know, we got the... the uh, the, the right to, to use all these copyrighted characters. Like, we, I went to Ishimori Productions office and made sure that we were good to go with that. And so we have a lot of art in that issue, including art from Hiroshi Kanatani. And, you know, there's a, like I said, there's a huge section on uh, Guzzle vs. Smog Monster. There's also a clip on, a clip section on um, glam rock and 60s rock from Japan. And a piece by Ed Gajaseski which is really nice on sound effects and Godzilla Toe sound effects and how they put them together, and stuff of that nature. So it depends. Like you know, just the just the one little section on the culture of pollution and stuff in Japan back then. I had an interview with quite a few different people just to get some insight onto the, the climate of what was going on in Japan during um, during the shooting and the release of Godzilla a Smog Monster. So I wanted to go directly to the source. I went to some pollution control people and asked them about what it was like and what was going on, that kind of stuff. So it can take some time, if that answers your question.
0: Okay, yeah. Uh, no, it definitely seems like it's hard work, which is why I'm glad there's people like you still out there doing it.
2: <laughs> Thank you. We, we really enjoy it. It's, it's a lot of fun, a lot of work, a lot of fun, not a lot of profit. Um, You know, but uh, and it's all said and done. You know, if if we were never to do another issue again, then I think the body of work that we have probably would speak for itself.
0: Oh yeah,
2: oh yeah. I think there's another one in the works. It's just right now, it's it's kind of too early to tell. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll be going back to Japan next year, so you know we'll see how that goes. It's really nice though to go to an event in Japan and, and to meet some of these people, and like people in Japan know about it too. You know. That's so, you know, they're like, "Oh yeah, we know about you guys." I'm like, oh, hi, how how are you? What's your name? <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. Those are just You know, so, but some of these people have become you know good friends over the years. You know, like when I was um, living in Japan last time, literally, I would get phone calls on my phone from Common Writer Amazon. Like, this is bizarre. Comer <laughs> Amazon is calling me. So like I thought to myself, if I ever get in a stick or I get some you know a situation I can't handle it or something bad's going down, maybe I should just pick up the phone and call Common Rider. Maybe he can come help me out.
0: <laughs> that's that's pretty incredible. <laughs> it was a lot of
2: fun. Great people, great guys. You know, he was just on TV the other day actually with Hiroshi Fujioka and some of the other common actors, Common Rider Black and some of the brand new ones, Build. And they were talking about stuff. So he just actually appeared on TV the first time in like 40 something years. So, but, you know, we've hung out and, you know, we've done interviews. And so it's, you know, you were talking about what is it about MAT that's attractive or whatever. But I think it's, it, we don't discount anything, you know? I mean, It's not just Godzilla. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that's when we started talking about doing a podcast. We wanted to open it up because you know the the fandoms for Tokusatsu are like weirdly like splintered, and I think that like it took me a long time to start watching Ultraman. When I did, I was like, oh my gosh, what was I doing? You know. So (laughs) uh, yeah, uh, everything's kind of has a DNA, is what I always say. That you know, I I think you know people should expand their horizons a bit so that's also why um monster attack team is special because you know i mean all due respect you don't see a lot of stuff like that in you know a g fan you know it's godzilla gamera some ultraman every now and then there'll be something else but yeah it's it's there's so much to talk about across the board and there's always interesting things going on and there's you know there's
2: there's interrelated stuff i mean like you know you can Talk about a music tangent and go off and find out something about David Bowie during his, you know, works there in Japan, you know, in the, yeah. in the 70s or whatever. I mean, it's like there's so many different threads and you would think that other people would cover it, but they don't. So we like to, to display and demonstrate some of these great things that have kind of connected both countries and other countries uh, in print and or you know, even on our Facebook page. People get lit up by something. We post something about somebody making something you know um like for instance uh godzilla mech godzilla clothesline pen and then people are contacting that person and ordering them you know yeah so we're kind of a conduit we can get you to the right platform if you're interested in being a part of us
0: yeah no that's awesome and yeah no the monster tech team is something nice. that i think is is very special and very much needed so Uh, Hopefully you keep doing it, and hopefully Diamond or whoever you you get in talks with gets you some, you know, the wider the distribution, the better, Um, and hopefully people listening will throw you guys some money for some issues, (laughs) (laughs) because they really are great, and I I think that, you know, I can't imagine anyone receiving any issue and being disappointed, and I'm not just saying that because you're here with us, I truly feel that Monster Attack team uh, stands pretty tall against the other magazines of its type, and uh, every every issue is always worth the wait.
2: Thank you so much for for having me on the show and, and saying such nice things. It's really appreciated, and and you know we'll share with our contributors and our writers and stuff. And um, yeah, you know, maybe in the future, some of these people you might be seeing their name in comic books and stuff like that. You know, there's always that possibility.
0: Yeah. No, that's awesome. I mean, I, I think I think that that kind of wraps everything up. I mean, Matt, did you have anything else you wanted to touch on? Any last comments or any questions just, or anything?
1: Just thank you for. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for being so kind to GFest and accepting our invitation to come on, and thank you for coming on today. And um, it's been a real pleasure. And I'm sure we'll we'll have uh, something for you on the podcast in the future. We'd love to have you back on the show at some point, especially if you know you're going to be. Um, doing another issue we'd love to have you come back on and talk about it
2: um, sure i'd love to be on you yes. know if you got you know another type of you know platform or something to talk about um you know i would love to contribute in any way that i could maybe bring some of the other people on next time too yeah,
0: yeah. no that that would be great um but yeah no thank you again for taking the time to do this and uh um yeah no it's it's been a lot of fun uh you know, I'm sure you have more stories that we could go on and on with. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, yeah, we we would love to have you back uh, at some point. And, um, yeah, again, anyone listening, I can't recommend Monster Attack Team enough. Uh, if if you like what we do on the podcast and you like actually finding out about these uh, these movies and, you know, your interest level is a little more than just, well, this monster could beat up this monster, I mean... You'll you'll really dig the information that that Ed and the the hardworking folks out there uh, give you with Monster Attack Team. It's awesome. So, Ed, thank you again.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, uh, have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening.